Thank you all for tuning in to the 423rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening. I thank you for all making me and this show part of your day, whether via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Being recorded from Buffalo, New York, per usual, going to have a great pod for all you guys. Going to have my guy, Kenny Simon, scouting expert for 247 Sports. To give our big boards, each of us are going to give our for offensive players in the NFL Draft 2022. He's going to give his offensive players, quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, offensive line. I'm going to do the same thing. Quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, offensive line. Uh, and we're going to see how our boards stack up to each other. Talk about some guys who could potentially be diamonds in the rough uh, through each position. Uh, and talk some NFL Draft. Now, before we get to Kenny, I'm going to give my shameless plug. As always, first-time listener, thank you, but subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically if you use Spotify, I have everything timestamped. So, quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, it's all timestamped. If your team needs a QB, if they need an off-to-line, need a wide receiver, check on the description below. Specifically, if you have Spotify for the timestamps, click on it, and we'll send you to that part of the podcast on the other podcasting uh, platforms. Just look at the timestamps and just click right there regularly. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Nitrin underscore Lane. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane and you will find that I post three to five minute clips of this podcast right here as well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review for some odd reason, right? If you don't like the pod, then don't say anything because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And cut up next with the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Kenny Simon. Cut up next with the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have the football nut himself, Kenny Sims, scouting expert for 247 Sports, to break down and rank every offensive player for the 2022 NFL Draft, approaching this Thursday, folks, the first round. How you doing, Kenny? Good, man. We're finally here. Draft week over the next week is all about NFL Draft, so finish stacking these boards. And then, you know, it's kind of showtime coming up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then, you know, each night then restacking the board, kind of seeing what, what, what teams are doing from a roster building standpoint along the way. And then finally, when all of this is done at the end of the week, we just kind of spend the following week doing a deep dive into what each team did with their, you know, pool of prospects that they drafted. So, I do have to ask you this. Uh, 
What did you notice most as you were doing your boards? Were there any position groups that stood out to you that you were like, I really love these group of guys? Yeah, a couple position groups that stood out. Um, you know, I think overall, um, whenever my board is completed, it'd be interesting to kind of see for each position group how many round one grades, how many day two grades, and so so on and so forth. Wide receiver and edge rusher are really strong. You know, I could see the edge rusher at, at, at the top of the draft, really solid, about four or five guys. Middle tier, solid as well, and then some day three guys as well. So the quality at the top and the depth of edge is very noticeable, along with wide receiver. And I think with wide receiver, this is this is a, uh, a trend that you see happening where it, it's kind of accepted that with how much the passing game has evolved in college football and how many teams are going minimum three wide receivers, if not four wide receivers, getting a lot of reps and experience, wide receiver, another deep pull. You know, I could see six, seven receivers going off the board round one, but each throughout the draft, round two, round three, round four, there's a lot of starters that you could get still at the receiver position. And I'm going to be interested with, seeing how teams go about the receiver position, seeing that guys like Devontae Adams, Tyree Hill, $30 million a year players, this is the second most expensive position group in the NFL. And so do teams get similar production with a cost control contract, a far a far, um, far cheaper player in the draft that's just as talented in a few years? And then you kind of close that out. I think offensive tackle at the top as well, is pretty strong. Um, and then linebacker, too. Linebacker is very fast. This was one of the records I remember at the Combine. I think 12, 14 guys ran 4-6 or under, which is moving for a linebacker. So linebacker, a lot of solid players. So let's start with the quarterback position. Just give us your board. So my board here is I'm not going to give a first-round grade to anyone. <clears throat> there, there's no one that I feel confident enough to really say, you know, in his in his rookie deal, when he starts hitting year two and year three and you build a team around him, he could be a top 12 quarterback. You get a great system with a, with a very good team, possibly, but I don't see that. So a couple of guys I have um, – uh, round two grades, and I know they're going to be taken in round one, but I got some round two grades of guys that got some pop is uh, my number one quarterback, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, and Kenny Pickett. Those are my top three, and then you move on down to guys, um, you know, round three grades, guys that, you know, could really be starters in year two, um, might get pushed in a little early, but round, uh, but, but, Year two starters really need a good team around them, good skills, good good coaching staff. Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, those are the five I have. thing I like about Matt Corral, came in as a highly touted player, uh, committed to USC, committed to Florida, um, then transferred to Ole Miss. Really like the platform of throws that he could uh, uh, throw. RPOs, same thing with Sam Howell, too. Sam Howell, really smart quarterback, 
excellent deep ball passer. I think statistically the top deep ball passer in this draft. And then Kenny Pickett three. Kenny Pickett one of those guys. I see a, a, a low ceiling, high floor. I think he's ready right now. But one concern I have is how much better can he get? Almost going to be 24 years old. Started a lot of games. This is really his first year that he really excelled onto uh, being being drafted, which I'm always a little concerned about those one-hit wonders. And then Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis. Desmond Ritter, I like Desmond Ritter a lot. I think he could come in, not not start, is um, like a round one pick, but I see him similar to like a Dak Prescott type. You take him in the middle rounds, really good uh, interviews, that teams have no problem leaking out, um, interviewing well, very mature, already has a kid, athletic quarterback as well. The only problem I have, and this is a big one, is the accuracy. A little up and down on the accuracy. Um, you know, some guys figure it out like Josh Allen. Most of the time, you know, it, it, it's hard to correct that. If you're if, if you're, a, you're an accurate passer, you seem to do that in the NFL. If you're not that accurate, maybe a mechanical problem. Hard to see that drastically being changed at the NFL level. So, my first question for you would be, who would be your diamond of the rough out of these guys? Like, maybe a guy that's maybe not as high as that. Maybe he's your number one guy who you'd be like, he's a sneaky guy to watch out for. Yeah, those five. I think it's Desmond Ritter. You know, Desmond Ritter, senior quarterback, got a lot of starts under his belt. Uh, so, so, so you start looking at him, really athletic player, four five two forty. Guy played forty nine starts. You know, I like that threshold of forty starts in college. He got forty nine starts, really experienced. He's going to go in there. He's going to be an adult in the quarterback room. You do some things with him, mobility wise, escaping the pocket. But if you put him in a really good infrastructure, see maybe if the. If you, you know, whoever moves up at the end of round one or round two, let's just say around that time, what if the Pittsburgh Steelers take him? You know, I think that's a guy that they would jump to the podium for. Uh, but but he's, he's got the experience, big mobile quarterback. Um, seems like a guy who at worst is going to be a backup, but, but he could be an effective starter with guys around him. And that's true with all the players in this, in this quarterback class is – you're going to need to have a really good system and players around these guys to elevate them up. I don't think there's a, any uh, trucks. I think there's a lot of trailers that need to be carried by other parts of the offense to be effective quarterbacks in the National Football League. So I'll give you my board for the quarterbacks. Number one, I agree with you, Matt Corral. I have a first-round grade on Matt Corral. Actually, I think I have Matt Corral. I, I have for sure Matt Corral in my top 20 of overall players. I'm very high on him. I like his arm. His release is lightning quick, probably one of the quickest releases I, I think we've seen in the draft coming out the last three to five years easy. Uh, I think he has very good mobility within the pocket. Uh, I think he can make throws from weird arm angles. Uh, I think he can do things where you ask him to make multiple reads. Uh, I think he's great at throwing with anticipation, throwing allowing his uh, receivers to get yards after the catch. And he's a machine throwing the football. He never misses open throws. He can make the special throws. Uh, my few concerns with him are his size. He's like, what, six foot, not even 200 pounds. 
uh, that that would be a little bit of a concern. And he had, did have injury issues. We saw what happened uh, in the bowl game for Ole Miss where he got hurt. So those would be some of my concerns. But Matt Corral is far and away my number one QB. Uh, at number two, I have Carson Strong, uh, big-armed QB out of Nevada. Uh, and I will say this, my two through four was difficult. Uh, I picked Carson Strong there. I think he was the most consistent thrower, actually. He had the mix of the most consistent throwing slash arm talent out of the next group. Uh, where I was like, okay, he can rifle it in there. Big arm, strong, thick guy, big uh, really, the only thing is you wonder athletically how he can how can he survive uh, because he's kind of a dinosaur. I think you would agree that he's kind of a dinosaur for the modern NFL. But uh, I, I, I like the physical ability more than a guy who I have at number three, Kenny Pickett, who's probably maybe the safest pick. I actually think Macaron might be safer, but uh, Kenny Pickett was definitely my second safest guy. Uh, you know, not many flaws to his game. Very good in the short passing game. Very underrated athlete. His arm is average to below average. Nothing special about it. I don't like his pocket presence. Has a slender frame. Uh, he wears the glove because uh, he has small hands. Uh, I believe nobody, no quarterback with ever that size of a uh, hand size has ever been successful in the NFL, right, Kenny? That's a thing, right? That's correct. Yeah. Been one. Under nine inches that had some success, Mike Vick, that's it. Yeah, and Mike Vick ran like 4-3 as a quarterback, so let's not compare Kenny Pickett to Mike Vick. Uh, so yeah, Kenny Pickett, there there are concerns there. Uh, I understand why people have mentioned Mac Jones as a comparison. I don't think he has the live arm Mac Jones had. Mac Jones, uh, I thought, had a much stronger arm. He throws, uh, Kenny Pickett throws some wobblers, not a tight spiral. Uh, but he's a quarterback that's going to be able to pick up your system. Really good in the short passing game. Good decision maker. I will say this. His accuracy is very, very good. I don't know how good he's going to be outside of the numbers. I, I worry about his pocket presence. But overall, solid prospect. Second round guy. And then number four. One of the most tantalizing guys, Malik Willis. So Malik Willis is crazy because you'll watch him. He'll make a couple plays and you're like, WTF. What the F is this guy doing? Uh, he just shrugged off one guy. Then made one guy miss. And then threw a cross body rifle 30 yards right in the wide receiver's hands and then the other play he throws the pick six so it's like what's going on here for every one spectacular play he makes he makes three really bad plays just not consistent enough i think he needs time uh if he reaches his ceiling he's probably the best qb in this class if he reaches the ceiling we could be talking about like josh allen justin herbert patrick like that type of freaky stuff Lamar Jackson, like, bona fide top 10 quarterback, top 12 quarterback, if he reaches his ceiling. Like, we could be talking about some special stuff. Now, will he? Uh, that's a whole other discussion. He needs to get to the right place, the right franchise, with the right coach, the right uh, people who know how to show tutelage to the quarterback position, right? Uh, Josh Allen found a great home in Buffalo with Brian Dayball. Patrick Mahomes found a great home home in Kansas City with Andy Reid, learning from guys like Matt Nagy, Eric Bieniemy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's kind of what you need there. And then at five, uh, and I'd have him as a third rounder, but with some second round potential, Sam Howell. Sam Howell, you love Sam Howell. He's tough. He got a remind, I don't know if you think this, Kenny. He reminds me a little bit of Baker. Do you see that at all? Uh, they're similar parts of his game, yes. Yes. When I watch him, you see a little bit of Baker. He's tough. He'll stand in the top pocket. He's willing to take shots. 
Uh, he's more athletic than you think he is. Uh, he can make some of these crossbody throws. He's just an awful decision maker. And you see the regression from last year to this year. You're like, how did that happen? Then it's like he lost Deami Brown and all these other guys on the North Carolina offense. But it's like, okay, if you're supposed to be that star quarterback, you're just kind of supposed to rise above, you know, raise the floor of your team, not get worse when the talent gets worse. That's a little bit of a concern. But he's a guy that has enough physical ability where if you get him rehabilitated, you could be looking at him and you could have a couple of top 15, top 20 seasons of Sam Howell and you'd be like, okay, he's a nice little player. Then at six, I have Bailey Zapp out of Western Kentucky. Seven, I have Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. I'll tell you this. I'm not high on Desmond Ritter at all. Uh, I know you mentioned the 40-plus starts. That's nice. But for a guy that had 40-plus starts, he misses too many open guys. Uh, I think he played in a very good offense in Cincinnati, and I would have liked more production. But again, he does have the athletic ability. He's long. He's fast. He has a very good arm, uh, and he has a good deep ball. I just uh, I, I wasn't very impressed personally from what I saw I, I didn't see a lot of high level quarterbacking I saw somebody who's a really good athlete uh that still happens to play quarterback on a really good Cincinnati team uh that we'll probably mention a lot of guys on our boards who play for them Cincinnati had a really talented team this year uh number eight was Caleb Elby out of Western Michigan number nine was Brock Purdy out of Iowa State number 10 was Jake Cohn out of Notre Dame and number 11 was Derek King out of Miami Derek King's a guy who he could end up being like one of those uh Logan Thomas stories uh I think Desquiz, Denard, Desmond Denard, uh, these guys that play quarterback they end up switching positions. So he's a guy to watch out for in terms of that. Or be a Wildcat guy, you know, have a niche role for a team. Also going to give you a guy to look for. This guy, was, he, he, he's going to be taken on on day three, but had a, uh, a fifth-round grade on him. Take a look at Brown quarterback to E.J. Perry. This is a guy, he's a two-year starter at Brown, played in a wide-open spread offense, set multiple records at Brown. What I like about him, he's got an efficient release, plays with confidence, he's smart, he was cleaning up the trash at the end of the combine. Good locker room guy to have as well. I think he catches on with an NFL team. But he does have the athleticism. He does have a little bit of mobility when things break down around him. I believe this guy will be drafted as a backup quarterback. And when you're when you're you know, you're kind of throwing darts on quarterbacks on day three, this is a guy that it would be, you know, kind of a a, a plus, a hit if he sticks around an NFL team. You know, kinda of like an Easton stick with the Chargers. So that would be my sleeper. Is if I'm looking, is, is if I'm a team looking for a backup quarterback who is not expected to play, but you could you could move forward and develop him, and eventually, you know, year two, year three, feel confident putting him in the game. EJ Perry out of Brown is a day three guy, probably my favorite day three guys from where he's going to be drafted. Like I said, he's probably going to be drafted round five, round six. So now let's get to the wide receivers. Uh, just give your overall thoughts about this class and then your board. Yeah, really like this wide receiver class. Um, right now, I got five first-round grades, five second-round grades, five third-round grades. So I think ultimately you could have maybe 18 guys taken on the first three days. 
really good class. I don't think there's a Jamar Chase, but there's a lot of guys that are, I think, of make Pro Bowls that are going to be immediate starters. You get your bang for your buck. Immediate starters when they get drafted. And it's an interesting position because, you know, you have guys that have had track records of receivers having success in the NFL. A lot of second-round guys over the last few years in each round better than their first-round counterparts as well. So, look at this draft. I see... I see teams looking at going after receiver if they don't want to pay, you know, their their wide receiver like a Tyreek Hill, a Demonte Adams, a, a Debo Samuel. Like I said in the opening, Daryl, is wide receiver is now the second most expensive position in the NFL. Some guys are, I mean, they're wanting $28, $30 million a year. So that's a lot to be asking um, for one player to be that impactful. Let's see if teams go to the draft. They get longer contracts, fifth-year options on the first-year guys, on, on, on the round one guys, and, um, you know, team-friendly contracts that there's many guys that could outperform their contract. Um, best example is I think both sides are happy with that Stephon Diggs trade. Um, Minnesota sat there at 22, got – Justin Jefferson, you know, just as solid, if not better. Um, so I do see teams doing that. And, you know, I think the sweet spot is right around 20 to 40 in the draft is where you could get a lot of impactful guys. So what's your full ranking? Uh, just give the, can you just give the list of the guys you have ranked? He was one of my red star guys I told you about a couple days ago. Um, two is Drake London, big body receiver, catches, you know, high points of football, a lot of contested catches that can work uh, good and bad both ways. But this basketball player played at the USC basketball team. Um, at worst, he's going to be a red zone threat. Kind of see him like, like a, between a comp of a Mike Williams and a Mike Evans. Then I got Chris Olave, three. Chris Olave, really smooth as a route runner. Um, Going to get a little bit more physical running his routes, but sure-handed, take the top off the defense, really technically sound. This is a guy that does the two things you want in a wide receiver at his fundamental level. He gets open, he catches the football. Four is Trey Burks. Trey Burks is going to be a guy that's need to go. He, he will need to go to a team that utilizes him. Right now, a little underdeveloped as a route runner, but he could run vertical. He could get the ball on, on bubbles and, and, and handoffs even. But, you know, I don't think this is a guy that's going to be running, you know, option routes, routes in the middle of the field yet. And then five is Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams. Really high ceiling, catching the deep ball. Um, but let's remember, he was at Ohio State. He sat behind Olave and Wilson. I think those guys were better. Um, but but he's a guy, too. He could take the top off the defense, sure-handed. But he's more than just that. He, 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 he could run multiple, multiple routes in the route tree as well. Um, but it, it's just a very talented group. And then right behind him, 
had kind of those, uh, you know, those low first round, high second round grades that probably would be taken, you know, between like 25 and 40. I like Jahan Dotson, another guy, three touchdown game against Ohio State, sure-handed, really sound route runner, excellent route runner, uh, probably more of an inside guy in the slot, but he could definitely dominate there, only about 5'10", 5'11". Um, and then and, and then a guy I like a lot is, is Christian Watson. Christian Watson built up at about, about uh, 6'4", 208". Four three six height weight speed guy. I'm 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 gonna bet on the traits with this guy, and he's a guy that could make he can make plays above the rim. He could develop when he develops the full route tree. He's gonna have a lot of ways to win one on one against defensive backs. Uh, really came out of the senior bowl. So those are my top seven, and then you know after after you give yours. Um, we could kind of touch upon a couple of the round three guys, late day two guys into day three. So I'll some of the round three. Is there anybody specifically in round three though that you think could be a little player? Yes, I got this guy's a round two grade. I like a lot. I like Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. Okay, Jalen Tolbert, really nice little slot wide receiver. So I'll give you my wide receiver big board. Uh, I will tell you this. I'm not as high on Garrett Wilson as you are, Kenny. But uh, number one for me is Chris Olave. Uh, he can do it all. He can play outside. He can play inside. Pristine route runner. Maybe the best route runner in this draft class. Very good uh, when the quarterback breaks the pocket and making tough contested catches. He has the speed where he can run by you. He has no weakness in his game. Very good hands. Uh, actually, you kind of I see a lot of a little Stephon Diggs in him, actually, uh, when it comes to Chris Olave. Uh, number two, I have Drake London out of USC. Big body receiver, 6'5". He plays with supreme strength. He can beat press coverage. Uh, physicality in the running game. You can use wide receiver screens with them. He can run over running backs. Uh, when he catches the ball, he can run through contact and get yards after the catch. If it's a 50-50 ball, it's more like a 90-10 when it comes to Drake London. Think maybe a little bit slower Mike Evans. And number three, I have Jamison Williams out of Alabama, uh, who very well might be the best uh, wide receiver in this draft class. Uh Super fast. He has what I call angle-beating speed. And there are very few guys who have true angle-beating speed. When you think of angle-beating speed, you think of somebody like Tyreek Hill where you can have an angle and you just outrun the angle. That's what Jamison Williamson has. Uh, massive deep threat. Will just run by you. His acceleration in top gear is absolutely phenomenal. It's like, one, two, three, four, five. It's like, oh my God. He just like ran by that dude. It's crazy. Uh, very good route runner as well. And for being a slender littler guy, he can handle some physicality and plays through contact fairly well. Uh, he can be an absolute weapon. Number four, I have Garrett Wilson. Uh, first round grade on him, too. Uh, Wilson is great. He's great in open space. Uh, his hips are phenomenal. Uh, if he's in the open field with you, you're probably going to mess. Uh, very good in these one-on-one -on -one situations. Uh, can snatch up and catch the ball. My one concern would be... 
And I saw this specifically in the mission game. I think he struggles with contact a little bit. He can struggle with contact when we're talking about pressing and jam. That would be my one concern for Gary Wilson, where my concern would be he ends up being more of a guy that we want to get in space and he's really special that way. But I don't know if day in, day out against some of the top corners of Jalen Ramsey, he's going to be a number one wide receiver. That would be my concern with Garrett Wilson, uh, but I still like the player a lot. And then my last guy, at five uh, first-round receivers as well, would be Alec Pierce, who I've told you, he's sneaky good. Uh, and I I don't know why he doesn't get more talk. Uh, he's fast, big, strong, can snatch the ball out the air, can play inside, can play outside. There's really nothing not to like about the guy's game. Twitchy. Uh, and then after that, you get some of the second-round guys. Six, I have John Meachie out of Alabama. Uh, really good slot receiver, good route runner, physical. I think of a little bit of a maybe a smaller Juju Smith-Schuster when it comes to him. Uh, Jahan Dotson, another guy. Uh, and I have him at number seven. Eight, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. He's my guy to watch. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being the best wide receiver in this class. Uh He's probably the best combination of size, speed, and strength in this class. When I watched the move, I was like, what the hell is this guy real? Like, how does North Dakota State get all these freaks of nature? Like, it was Trey Lance. Then it's like, uh, this guy. And I'm like, how do all these guys find their way on, like, FCS football, Kenny? I'm like, it makes no sense. So, I do have concerns about his route tree. He played in a very run-heavy offense. But he's a guy, if he goes to the right room, like, gets well-schooled, like, I wouldn't be shocked if three years were saying he's like a top five wide receiver in the NFL. He has that type of physical ability. Number nine, Calvin Austin out of uh, Memphis. Number 10, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. I'm not that high on Traylon Burks. Uh, his body concerns me. I think he could eat himself out the league. Uh, I think, <laughs> you know, I'm so serious about that. Like Eddie Lacy. Uh, Yes. He's 225, and he's a, I think you agree with this, he's a pudgy 225. He's not a rip 225. You look at him with his shirt, you're going to see some love handles, Kenny. You, you want your wide receiver to be a little bit more rocked up. Uh, also, I think his speed is more of when he gets a head start and he gets one, two, three, four, five steps as opposed to he can just hit that zero to 100 really quick, right? I think he needs more gear ups before he gets up to top speed, and then he's really fast. Uh, I don't think, I don't like his twitchiness and quick movements. Uh, I think Arkansas also did a lot to get him the ball and feature him, which I don't necessarily know is going to happen in the NFL. And in terms of him being a really tough contested catch guy, which you would think with somebody who's big body like him, I didn't see him make as many tough contested catches where he's mossing guys as you would think. He made a lot, but not as much as you would think. Like when you watch Drake London, you're like, oh my gosh. Like every 50-50 ball is like 90-10. It was like, oh, every 50-50 ball, it might be more 60-40 actually the other way. It's like he doesn't always come down with it like you would think he would for somebody with that physical profile. Uh, number 11, I have George Pickens out of Georgia. Uh, a really good guy. Good run blocker too for a wide receiver. Uh and he's a guy that, you know, if he actually played this year, he could be in the first-round conversation. Number 12, Wondell Robinson out of Kentucky. Number 13, David Bell out of Purdue. Number 14, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. I have a second, third-round grade on Jalen Tolbert. I agree with you. Smooth operator, really good hips, can catch the ball, can be a really good starting slot receiver in this league for a long time. Number 15, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. 16, Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. Number 17, Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada. Number 18, Velas Jones Jr. out of Tennessee. Number 19, Bo Melton out of Rutgers. 
Number 20, Reggie Robertson Jr. at SMU. Number 21, Taekwon Thornton at a Baylor. Number 22, Justin Ross at a Clemson. Something to note about Justin Ross. He was a guy that three years ago we would have said he's a top 10 pick in the draft, but he fell off the radar. Uh, the thing about Justin Ross is it's hard watching him play sometimes. It looks like he has a piano on his back, and he, he can't separate, which is kind of crazy. Well, he got that, he's got that neck fusion that almost. I got him. I got him with a uh, with a plus sign right by his name. Almost had him off the board, but it's going to depend on the medical. But he had the spinal fusion surgery. I didn't know if he was going to play again at, at at Clemson. He was able to come back this past year, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I just don't know how long he's going to be able um, to play for at a high NFL level. Yeah, uh, and I, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, number 23, uh, Dontario Dremond out of Ole Miss. Number 24, Danny Gray out of SMU. Number 25, Sleep Bolden out of Alabama. Number 26, Ty uh, goal out of Indiana. Those are my 26 yeah, wide receivers I got a chance to look at. Uh, and again, when we start getting, even when we start getting to guys at 21, like a Taekwon Thorne out of Baylor, he's a guy that you could use a couple. He could be your fourth wide receiver that you just use for deep routes, right? Uh, a guy that you just try to get the ball to in space a few times. Like, there's value with, like, 20 deep. There's guys in the fifth, fourth round, sometimes even the sixth round that you can find that can play a little bit of a role. Maybe if it's a kick returner, punt returner. Yeah, I got one of those, a kick returner, punt returners for you. So, so you know, day two of the draft's going to be over, about 100 picks. We got 156 to go. So, a couple of these day, you know, probably go on day three. Three that you had named that I want to touch upon that I like and adding more color to is Khalil Shakir out of Boise. Got a third-round grade on him. He's a guy that's definitely quicker than fast. 75% of his catches went for first downs or touchdowns. He's a guy that can operate out of the slot as well. So, I mean, you just think about, you know, you know, you put him in a you put him in a Josh McDaniels offense. You put him as a uh, a a lighter version of a Debo Samuel. If you put him on the 49ers, he could succeed. Kyle Phillips is going to make an NFL roster similar to Hunter Renfro. Kyle Phillips is a four-star recruit. He played. He 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 led the Bruins in catches three straight years. Played exclusively slot in that Chip Kelly wide open spread offense last year. He was uncoverable at the East-West Shrine game. He is going to make a roster as early as a, uh, a big, being a fourth receiver on a team. Uh, exclusively slot receiver, though. And then Romeo Dubs, you 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 mentioned him. I got him in the top 25 as receivers. I got him at 24. Um, here's another guy. Big hands, very low drop rate. He also returns punts, 12 yards a punt. You know, that's a first down right there. Uh, he, he is going to be able to come in, plays a little bit bigger than his size, but he can still win vertically, uh, uh, definitely could, could, could win uh, going deep, 6-1-2-0-1, and, and he could be your punt returner, kick returner, uh, kind, of, kind of work in the pool as a wide receiver, and eventually, you know, get a lot of reps in a starter role. He's all about football as well as what his teammates say. Those are the three three 
guys, you know, on day three to give a little bit more uh, commentary to. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to get into the other positions on offense. Cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. With Barbershop Sports Talk, we still have Kenny Sim with us, getting expert on sports as we go through our boards, the battle of the boards for the 2022 NFL Draft. So, Kenny, the running back position, what stands out to you here? I think one thing that stands out to me is several guys tested really well athletically for their size, kind of, kind of, kind of shorter sturdier guys that can still beat you in a phone booth, make some moves on you. Um, it's, it's an underrated running running back group that does not have a consensus number one, a consensus round one player. But I think as you move down the board, there's a lot of guys that have um, good good specialty skill sets to be able to have success in the NFL. I don't know if there's a, uh, a a true complete running back, you know, like a like a Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, even a Najee Harris, but there's enough guys that could get into a rotation on an NFL team and, and carve out nice roles, nice careers um, when they get in. So what would your board be? Yeah, so my board here is I have Brees Hall as my number one running back. Brees Hall, he really, uh, take a look at the combination of production along with athleticism. I think he's 80th percentile or higher in for, for running backs in the, in, in the 40, 43940, 40-inch 40, 40 broad uh, ver, vertical jump. 10-8, broad jump, guy who, who, who makes makes guys miss at Iowa State, good contact balance, um, he's a guy that can handle handle the running back load, um, usually his patient running style is going to pay off for him, right below him in round two as well, both these guys round two grades, that could come in and be the featured back. Kenneth Walker as well. Kenneth Walker, another guy. 5'9", 211, short, sturdy back. Makes a lot of guys mess. He was a transfer from Wake Forest to Michigan State last year. Really sound season. Another guy, 4'3", Got good deep speed. 10'2", broad jump. Another guy, strong lower body. I believe he, he had the most missed tackles in college football last year. And then rounding out my top five, a couple of guys with round three grades, Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M running back. Here's a guy that came in, you know, talked about as one of the top guys in the class. And 
You know, he's a guy that I would take a chance on that could come in and handle the workload. Another guy, shorter guy, 217 pounds, really instinctive runner. He can make his own make his own yards. Um, the vision is going to be what what uh, I think is a is, is is a good indicator of how he'll have success in the NFL. Really smart, coachable player. And then James Cook. James Cook, a guy I see is a is a running back that could catch the ball out of the backfield, the brother of Dalvin Cook. But but his his, his weapon would and, and really what makes him dangerous compared to the other guys is you could line him up in the slot, you could feature him um, to be able to beat linebackers and catch the football. Several plays, you know, I saw as a junior. Um, as a junior against Alabama, they lined him up wide as a wide receiver, got a linebacker on him, and he ran right past him on a go route. You know, 40-yard pass in the air. So being able to catch the ball out of the back to make plays in the passing game, um, not just an in-between tackles guy, that would lead me to think that, that he could have a really a really nice career and have – you know, be a guy that gets a lot of those total total yards and be more valuable than maybe one of the guys at the top of the running back room. And then fifth is Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce, big, strong, physical running back, 220 pounds, but he's he's also a guy that uh, uh, very well built, solid as a blocker, as a lead blocker even, but physical runner in between the tackles. You know, if you got a running back you want to keep upright, um, you could put him in short yardage, have him carry a couple of series to keep your starting running back fresh. And he's a guy that has enough pop, enough juice, I believe, to be able to make uh, uh, break tackles and get explosive plays. He was a one-year starter at Florida, uh, but but he's a big he's a big play creator, NFL build, NFL instincts. And he finishes his runs very well. So I'll give my running backs. Uh, <clears throat> number one for me is Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M. Uh, I love Spiller. I, I feel like he's underrated. I know everybody's talking about Bryce Hall, Brees Hall, and uh, Walker out of Michigan State. But I think he's the best. I love his feet. Uh, his raw athleticism and feel for the position. He has elite balance, vision, speed, hips, quickness, and cutting. Uh, makes opposing defenders miss consistently. He has that extra gear to accelerate for extra chunk yards. Uh, and he can be a dynamic contributor in the past game. When I see him, I think of like a... Maybe not as a thick or as powerful Dalvin Cook. But I see like that type of all-pro potential from Isaiah Spiller. Uh, at number two, I have Brees Hall. And I switched to my running back rankings a little bit. Number two, I have Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Uh, one of the best pure running backs in this class. Uh, he's a bigger back. He weighs 220 pounds, and he ran an impressive 439, which is pretty good for a guy that big. Uh, really good cutting ability, elite speed and quickness. Always makes the first defender miss. Uh, and that top end speed and burst, I love, and has the strength to run through the tackles. Brees Hall. Number three, Kenneth Walker the third out of Michigan. Uh, this guy had tons of production. If you if you love production, Kenneth Walker is your guy. Uh, he got the ball a lot and he got a lot of carries. That's a concern. Uh, he has that extra gear to accelerate. Big, thick back. Can be a power runner. 
uh, will make linebackers miss in the open field. Uh, I think he's kind of a throwback old school running back, a guy that you're going to give the ball to 20, 25 times to the wall. I think Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller are more out the backfield potential. I think Kenneth Walker is more of your prototypical old school running back. And number four, uh, a guy that maybe not a lot of people have heard of, but a guy I really like in the scouting process, Zonovan Knight at NC State. One of the most complete backs in this class. He can catch out the backfield, line up as a wide receiver. Uh, very good blocker on third down. Uh, really good runner in between the tackles. Uh, good power and vision. Underrated acceleration. Can bounce off tacklers. And you can use him in kick and punt return. Number five, I have James Cook out of Georgia. Elite pass catcher. This guy can run routes almost like a wide receiver. He's somebody that is going to be special that way. Uh, in terms of running, uh, what, what makes him tantalizing as well is he didn't get a lot of carries at Georgia. This guy's going to be fresh. So don't be shocked if he comes in and he has multiple thousand yard seasons, multiple a thousand all-purpose yard seasons with how little he was used at Georgia and he's going to be ready to contribute right away. Number six, uh, Jaron Ely out of Ole Miss, really good at making a miss. Quick back. Number seven, Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. Number eight, Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. Big, thick back and pass block can do almost everything. No weaknesses in his game. Number nine, Pierre Strong Jr. out of South Dakota State. Uh, speed back there. Ten, Ty Chandler out of North Carolina. Another speed back. Eleven, Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati. Power back. Twelve, C.J. Verdell out of Oregon. Number 13, uh, Hassan Haskins out of Michigan. Power back. Number 14, Rashad White out of Arizona State. A really good pass catcher. Uh, number 15, Zamir White out of Georgia. Number 16, Tyler Goldson out of Iowa. Number 17, Damian Pierce out of Florida. Number 19, Kintani Ingram out of USC. Number 20, Tyler uh, Alligier out of BYU. Solid list. A couple of guys also to watch out for at the end of round two. Um, on day three as well. My running back 10. Mario, pay attention to the scores a few years ago. I gave out James Robinson out of Illinois State. Became a very good starter in the NFL for Jacksonville. Pierre Strong, South Dakota State running back. Pierre Strong, I think, could go off the board round four, round five. Doesn't have the NFL level uh, contact balance and could have a limited ceiling. However, this guy had 30 runs of over 15 yards. Really played well against Colorado State Division One program, and and he's 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 a guy that is is got the uh, quick burst. You know, he caught my eye. Um, his his ten yard split was excellent. I mean, it was right up there with the top guys in the class that we talked about. It was a one a one five one, uh, two t uh, two time All American, first team All American at the FCS level. So Peter Strong, get him in a a. You know, a run-based offensive line that's very good. You could quickly see him uh, production-wise outperform his draft stock as well. He's the type uh, of dude that Kyle Shanahan gets in the fifth round, and we're like, "Oh my god, he's a really nice little player." Yeah, another guy's a football player, really good football player, but based on like his 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 weight-adjusted numbers from running a forty to the explosiveness that were uh, really poor was Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. But Kyron Williams was a productive player uh, production-wise. When they made the playoffs two years ago, he was he was their lead offensive player. Um, real, really solid in pass protection. Got a lot of wiggle. He's only about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 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 but he is able to 
you know, you get the ball in the goal line for a small bat. He's able to put the ball in the paint, um, but he, he just tested so poorly compared to other NFL, you know, level athletes. But he's a guy that you could take a chance on as a third running back that, you know, this this this, this guy is one who makes plays. Um, and then towards the end, as a kick returner slash, you know, really, really a, a, a quicker-than-fast guy is UTSA running back Sincere McCormick. I believe he will get drafted. And he's a guy that you take a look at some of his highlight tape. He's a home-run hitter at kick returner. You get him out in space. You get him clean through the second level. Um, he's a guy that will get drafted, and he's got a little bit of pop to it. A lot of times you'll, uh, you know, teams like to put that guy at a kick returner as well and try to get a little bit of a spark. But I think he could spell the guys in front of him um, and, 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 you know, get him in a good system. He could carve out a nice little niche in the NFL. So now I want to go to the offensive line, the big boys. Uh, I just did my board uh, offensive tackles and interior offensive line combined, but I just want to know your overall view of this offensive line class. Yeah, so we could combine this one together. I kind of broke it up into tackle and interior linemen just because, as I, you know, especially when you get to day two, day three, these guys on the interior to be able to make an NFL team are going to be able to play multiple spots along the interior. So my top guys, uh, starting off at the tackle position, it's a really good tackle class at the top. I believe four guys will be taken in round one. Evan Neal, top player on the board. Definitely see him with just how technically refined he is, how strong he is in the run game. I believe he gave up, I think, one sack in over 600 throws. Um, Evan Neal, Iki Aquanu, better as a run blocker than pass blocker, but but he's 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 definitely sufficient as a pass blocker. But you know keeps his pads low, numbers over the knees, knees over the toes, and and he's he's looking to maul people. He's my number two tackle, Charles Cross, another guy in the mid first round. I got a mid first round grade on him. You put him in, really good pass protector. He's balanced, sound fundamentals, solid, solid length. He could start early um, in, in, in his rookie year. And then Trevor Penning. I like Trevor Penning a lot. Really caught his eye at the senior bowl. Nasty. Plays with an attitude. Uh, we talked about in the mock draft. Baltimore Ravens fit for him. A New Orleans Saints fit for him as well. So those tackles I like. I also like Tyler Smith. You know, maybe he's a tackle... Uh, probably could be a really good guard. Another guy dominated Oklahoma State, held his own against Ohio State. Plays multiple multiple positions on the offensive line. Tyler Smith, out of uh, Tulsa, is a guy that you know his versatility. I like a lot. Moving into the interior, a couple of guys to keep an eye out for. Yes, we know about Tyler Lindenbaum. I want to talk about a guy I think goes on day two. Center number two, Cam Jurgens, very athletic. One of the most athletic interior linemen out of Nebraska. Played two years at center. 
He's a guy, if you don't get Tyler Lindenbaum or you don't want to use that draft capital that high in the center, you could take Cam Jurgens, another guy that, that I like a lot, pounding on the table for. I think he goes in day two. I got a second-round grade. Um, Cole Strange out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. This is a guy, really good, really good locker room guy, um, held his own from a small school guy at the Senior Bowl. He's a guy that if he lost the first rep, he got right back up there. He wanted to do the re-rep again, and he always won that second rep as well. So, interior lineman, I believe he's a starter that you could find on day two, and you could plug him in as early as a rookie. Um the other guy I like, um, you know, he can play center guard, Zion Johnson. My top guard, number two interior lineman behind Tyler Lindenbaum, Zion Johnson, again, very good fundamentals and balance and the footwork in close quarters. He could play center guard, both of them, at a high caliber starter level in the NFL. And then kind, kind of... Uh, Touching upon the entire offensive line as well. Um, center, again, really strong center class. A couple of guys I got round three grades on that they'll go round round three, round four. Luke Fortner, he is Darian Kennard's teammate. He was Kentucky's center last year. Luke Fortner, Dylan Parnham, center out of Memphis. Those are two guys as well that, that they could play center. They could get you out of a pinch at center um, if you play them at guard. Just just solid interior linemen that you could get in round three, round four, that could stay on a team, the same team, to the length of their rookie deal and be, you know, very solid NFL players as well. And looking at trying to give you a sleeper name as well, um, maybe a guy to keep an eye on day three. Uh, I like this for a tackle. Really good length. I believe almost 36-inch arms at the top of my head. Obina Easy out of TCU. E-Z-E. Um, he had one of the longest arm lengths. You put him at tackle, needs a little bit more development. But, hey, if there's a team that develops offensive linemen well, you draft him, you maybe redshirt him, Maybe you'll stumble into a swing tackle, that third tackle that could play left or right tackle. That's a very valuable roster spot among NFL teams is that swing tackle. He's a guy that you could take late. You could develop him into one. How about for your interior? Yeah, a guy on the interior that I think is a little bit of a sleeper is Jamari Saylor. Guard out of uh, Georgia. He came in. Uh, I remember him at the opening when he was a high school senior. Really highly touted lineman. One of the top linemen in the country. He goes to Georgia. He ends up playing on and off. Um, but the last two years, full-time starter, was on their national championship team um, as part of, I, I, I don't know at the top of my head what that award's called, they give it to the best offensive line in the country, but 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 he was a starter on the best offensive line in the country last year in Georgia. They 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 played him at guard. He's a guy I like in round three. Maybe some like him in round two. I think you draft him as a starter, and and he's a starter year one. 
and then he could fully develop in year and year in, in year two and year three as one of the better linemen on your football team. So Jamari Saylor um, out of Georgia is a guy that I would take a shot on. You know, when you start getting late in the third round, round pick 100, might be able to find a gem and plug him in as a starter here. So uh, I'll give you my offensive line ranking. So number one for me is Evan Neal. Uh, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal prospect. Number one overall player on my board. Uh, dominant in the run game. Very good in the pass game. Uh, doesn't give up ground. Can anchor long arms. Uh, special, special talent at the tackle position. Number two, Akeem Aquanu, Off the tackle at NC State. Him and Neal are close. Uh, a little bit of a smaller guy than Neal. Not the power that Neal has. I think he's a better... Uh, uh, better athlete than Neil in open space. You can use him as a puller. You can get him out in the screen game. Good in terms of getting out in the linebackers in the run game. I feel like he's very underrated when it comes to his ability in the pass game. Very good natural kick slide. Uh, gets off the ball well. Uh, good use of his hands. Uh, twitchy, quick hips. Uh, great hips, smooth hips. Quick. Uh, a lot of attributes that you love. Uh, like I said, very natural kick slide. Uh, Canvas prospect to at the off the tackle position. Number three, Tyler Lindbaum, center out of Iowa. Uh, I think people were criticizing his arm length, but that's another thing you can criticize. You can't criticize the game on the field. Explosive, powerful, compact, strong. Can do it in the run game and the pass game. Slides his feet well. Get to the second level. Falcon reach block. Uh, can do it all at the center position. I see him being a Pro Bowl to All Pro caliber player. Number four, Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Another guy, uh, long-armed, tackle, uh, hard to get around him, big man. Uh, showed some ability in the run game, too. You can pull him, uh, can get out to the second level, uh, good in space, uh, good backside blocker, too. Number five, Trevor Penning, off the tackle out of UNI. Uh, he is mean and he is nasty. In the run game, he is looking to destroy you. He's looking to put you on the ground. A little dirty. And he's a little dirty. Uh, has some Richie Incognito in him. Uh, but he's a guy that old school football people, you will love if he's on your team. And you'll hate him if you're on the opposing team. Uh, good anchor and pass protection. Uh, does not get physically outmatched or bullied around. I would like to see quicker feet. Uh, but uh, he has it all. My other concern would be it's a lot easier to be the biggest and baddest guy on the field when you're against FCS guys. Let's see how he does in the NFL. Uh, number six, uh, Daniel Fele, off the tackle out of Minnesota. Massive man, 6'9", 380 pounds. Uh, with his size, he's extremely difficult for pass rushers to get around him. Phenomenal athlete for being so large. A solid footwork. He's very comfortable moving in space. It's the raw power uh, that you're just like, oh, he just, like, knocked over, like, three guys and doesn't even look like he knew what he just did. And it's like, he's a guy who I have late first round who developmentally, he could turn out to be something. Maybe you move him into uh, offensive uh, guard or something like that or put him at right tackle. I don't know if he has the feet, the great feet to be a left tackle, but I know he's going to be able to anchor well. You're not going to be able to get too much interior uh, bull rushing on him. The speed rush, can guys get around him? We'll see how that goes. But uh, I think he can be able to hold his own if he gets in the right place. Then after this, we get to a bunch of second-round guys. Bernard Ringham, uh, Ranham, off the tackle out of Central Michigan. Tyler Smith, off the tackle out of Tulsa. Number nine, Rasheed Walker, off the tackle out of Penn State. Number 10, Kenyon Green, off the tackle, uh, slash interior offensive lineman out of uh, Texas A&M. 
Nicholas, who, oh, by the way, Kenyon Green, maybe the most versatile player in this class. He can do it all. Uh, ironically, uh, I thought he looked a lot better at tackle than guard. I don't know if you noticed. Like, and he looked a lot better off than tackle to me than guard. But he's a guy, long arms, can do it all. Very good guy who, if uh, you're, let's say he's at guard and your left tackle gets hurt, he can swing in the left tackle for a game, right? That's the type of versatility you need on the offensive line. The drop that he can play any position. Uh, number 11, Nicholas Pietfiere out of Ohio State. Number 12, Zion Johnson, tier off the line of Boston College. Uh, number 13, Luke uh, Gadaki out of uh, Central Michigan. Number 14, Darren Kennard, uh, off tackle out of, Ken out of Kentucky. Uh, Kennard, really good athlete. Uh, thought he got physically overpowered at times, but solid feet, good in pass protection. 15, Alec Lindstorm, interior offensive lineman out of Boston College. Number 16, Sean Ryan out of UCLA. Number 17, Abraham Lucas out of Washington State. Number uh, 18, Chris Paul out of Tulsa. Number 19, Jeremiah Slayer out of Georgia, number 20. Dylan Param out of Memphis, number 21. Thayer Mumford out of Ohio State, number 22. Ed Ingram out of LSU, number 23. Myron Cunningham out of Arkansas, number 24. Luke Fortner out of Kentucky, number 25. Justin Japer out of Georgia, number 26. Andrew Steber out of Michigan, and number 27. Chasen Hines out of LSU. At 27 guys. Another guy as well at tackle, Spencer Buford. Got a 6-4 on him. Uh, Texas San Antonio. That's the third player that's probably going to be drafted out of Texas San Antonio. But, you know, you take a look at the list. I think there's some depth there at tackle. Uh, interior offensive line, you can always find guys on day two and day three to come in. Um, as well, but this tackle class, you know, guys that could develop into a starter, like you mentioned, Bernard Raymond, Daniel Falele, just, just the length and the size of that guy, um, you know, it's going to be hard to get around him. And then a couple other guys touching upon again, Nicholas Petit Frayer and Abraham Lucas. Abraham Lucas was Washington State's left tackle, another guy. The length catches your eye. The pass protection catches your eye. Uh, doesn't have a lot of experience as a run blocker, but as pass protectors, Nicholas Petit Frayer and Abraham Lucas are very good as well. I believe on, uh, if you like one of those pro football focus stats, um, the amount of sacks and hurries per pass attempt uh, allowed, Nicholas Petit Frayer was at the top of uh, this tackle class. Top as in uh, top is in a good way too. Um, so if you like that as well, but you know you mentioned a couple of guys too on that interior guard spot, interior part of the line or center that you could find as well. Kenyon Green, I agree with you. I have him first round grade, my number three interior lineman behind Lindenbaum and Zion Johnson. Kenyon Green, that versatility. I believe is going to find them on an NFL roster very quickly. Will go off the board very quickly in this draft, top 40, top 50, and he's just going to be one of those guys you, you look at, um, you know, who's, who's just a, a solid starter. You know, a, a counterpart, uh, his teammate Eric McCoy, center, Texas A&M. You know, quietly been a three-year starter with the Saints. 
I could see Green like that too. And one thing I'll say about Daniel Fale, right? I want to know your thing about this. How much do you worry about feet with a tackle? Because for me, I'm like, his feet are okay, but his arms are so long. Even if he's just pushing you out, like, do the feet have to be perfect? Yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, when I mean, so so when you're that size, you, he, he's probably not going to be full rush. Um, no, not at all. His yeah, his anchor is impeccable. Yeah, that's yeah, not I a concern. I think one thing in terms of football, in terms of footwork, that you're alluding to is if he gets a little out of whack on on, on his platform. If you take a look at like a picture perfect tackle, you got shoulder pads out in front, numbers over the knees, knees over the toes. If any of that is off balance, um, you know, maybe a guy can do a quick step inside, a quick little, you know, cross face rip move and win that way. Uh, Maybe you set up the tackle like that, but his footwork doesn't need to be perfect though, because he could just kind of angle you out to the outside and, and, it's just too hard to be able to get around a guy like Daniel Falele to the quarterback. He'll just run you right past the quarterback as he steps up. So he doesn't need to be perfectly refined uh, because he has, you know, a, just, just just with that size, the margin for error is greater than, you know, someone a little bit smaller than that. But you get him off balance, you get any tackle off balance, um, you know that quick, quick step inside cross face. You know he 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 won't be able to get the full power and strength on you. Could lose reps that way, but he's a really athletic guy. Though he he went to IMG Academy. He was a, a big a big signing for PJ Fleck at Minnesota. Um, you know, it caught my eye. I was looking at him first game of the year with Ohio State. Looking at their roster, saw Filet like six. Build at 6'9", 400 pounds, but uh, he's a guy that I, I don't know if he starts at tackle. I don't know. I don't even know if his uh, ceiling is a full-time starter, but he's a guy that's definitely a swing tackle, and I would bet that he ends up eventually, you know, let's just say the first two years, starting for a team at tackle and, and holding up pretty good, I think. So, lastly, let's get into tight ends for a little bit. I didn't do a tight end board, but I want to hear uh, your uh, names for tight end. Yeah, so tight end. Tight end's an interesting one because, you know, a lot of times the top tight ends, I mean, you just go down the list. Kittle to the Kelsey to Andrews, uh, Darren Waller. All those guys are taking day three. So, and, and, and the way tight ends are used, there, there's not a lot of college teams that use the tight end the right way. They got kind of a big athlete. They really don't know what to do with them. Um, but, you know, you got a lot of these teams and these, they want to get the ball out quickly, spread option. They don't really use the tight end at an NFL level. So, you know, I think kind of George Kittle broke that mold a little bit where you just take a big athletic guy who can run and you work with him and develop him. Um, Eventually, it's it's been a position too that it takes a lot of time to develop into a starter. It, it's not one of those immediate positions that you see returns right away. So I'm looking at big, 
athletic guys who could run as kind of the traits I'm looking for. Like I said, a lot of teams don't use the tight end like at an NFL level. Greg Dulcich is my top tight end. You know, if I got a lower second-round grade on him, I got 6'6 six, six on him. Um, he, he, he was a, a, a tight end mismatch for Chip Kelly in his spread offense. He was a walk-on, played a little – he was a big receiver. That's a good trait for a tight end. He's a big receiver. They eventually moved him in to tight end. Trey McBride is the one that makes a lot of those explosive plays. Take a look at catches, uh, a 20-yard catches per each catch he has. Trey McBride is a guy that makes plays down the field, those explosive plays. Big body tight end as well. He's a guy that could come in, and you know I think he has the explosiveness to be able to have some success in the NFL. Other guy I like, two, three, is Jeremy Rucker. Jeremy Rucker, tight end, not used a lot at Ohio State, but he was one of the top uh, tight end recruits out of the country. He's about 6'5", 250, really solid blocker. He, he's not going to be a liability in the blocking game, but he could also get down the field. Really good hands, too. Fourth is Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods, he's, he, he's one of those... You know, the height, weight, speed guy, and, and a big athlete at tight end that you want to bet on and develop him. Maybe he's a guy that develops, you know, quietly. Maybe he develops like a Darren Waller, maybe. Um, but, but Jelani was 6'7", 250. He was, a, he, he, he was a transfer from Oklahoma State to Virginia. Really came onto the scene last year, one year. But he ran well. He jumped out of the gym. Um Big body, like I said, 6'7", big man who could jump as a tight end. I like that. I also like Isaiah Likely. He's about 6'5", 250 out of Coastal Carolina. Another fourth-round guy. Got some juice to him. You get him in the open field on some of those crossing routes. Uh, you get him out in space. He can make guys miss. He can get up the field. Isaiah Likely uh, as well. And then as you move down, the draft, you know, round round five. I like a Daniel Bellinger out of South uh, out of San Diego State. Chidomi Okunwa out of Maryland. Another guy. He's about 6'5", 240, 250. He could really run. I think he was in the four fives, four six range as well. Big athlete who could run. Made a lot of plays in the Big Ten in the middle of the field like that. Um, those are the type of traits that I'd be looking for at the tight end position. Um, and then you move down towards the end. Uh, Jalen Weidermeyer as a polarizing prospect. I got a seventh-round grade on him. He is Texas A&M's tight end. I like Jelani Woods better. Jelani Woods, better blocker, and he's more productive as that big athlete tight end that Jalen Watermeyer was supposed to be. About 260 pounds, pretty poor blocker, but he has the size, you know, and, and yeah, big radius in the red zone, you know, to throw. Jimbo Fisher like to throw that corner pass to that tight end. Um, I like Woods a little more than Watermeyer, but it's a, it's a group. It's kind of a pick-your-flavor group. I don't think there's a consensus on kind of even how the top five shakes out. I think a lot of rankings, 
you know, whether it's teams or us, you take a look at the tight end position. It's kind of what you're looking for, and rankings are uh, pretty inconsistent. They're all over the place. But like I said, I'm looking for good hands, big athletes who can move in space, and then you develop those traits uh, to be able to have success in the NFL. So, Kenny, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Always a good time. As we do the battle of the boards for offense. Um, you know, overall, it doesn't have the big name at quarterback and running back. But like we talked about, receiver and tackle, both at the top end and the depth, um, are the two positions on offense to be looking at. Bishop Sports Star. Shake us, shake us Until the end